da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. So for the second time this week, we are in your ears and on your device to talk more movies here on the Bad About Movies podcast. Hello, welcome into the show. Kent Garrison here, joined by Richard Barden, Brian Gill, as always, uh, actually not always, most of the time, uh, joined by you guys here. And uh, tonight we're talking about a movie that we've got a lot of requests for, and this is mm-hmm. one that uh, we've all meant to see, uh, meant to have seen multiple times this summer. Uh, but this was an independent, is independently released film that was, uh, you know, not in wide release for a lot of the summer. So uh, it just now got to most theaters, and we've all gotten a chance to finally see it. And so here we are. Our conversation tonight will be in regards to The Big Sick, which is still uh, a very highly buzzed about comedy, romantic comedy. And uh, it's one that I'm excited to talk about because uh, it's one of the highest rated films of the year in terms of critical reception. And it's always fun to talk about uh, that stuff. So um, it's going to be fun to talk about that. But we really do have a lot of uh, news to catch up on. And this kind of happens every single year around this time. We can kind of sit here and talk about San Diego Comic-Con and the big stuff that happened over the weekend at Comic-Con. Brian, I know you, you're our paid correspondent. You were down there <laughs> at SDCC. You didn't actually get in, but you were there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just, um, just hung around the hotels yeah. mostly. Yeah. I, and, again, Brian, I've told you this before. Like You shouldn't, you, you shouldn't be nude. Yeah, that would well, help us. I think that's up to the and, listener. And, uh, yeah, if you're going to be nude, don't paint our logo on your butt cheeks. <laughs> Because that doesn't do any good advertising, advertising for us. Uh, no, no, no. There's, there is a such thing as bad publicity, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> um, so there's, there was obviously a lot of announcements this year, you know, panels for big things coming out. And uh, I guess we're just going to kind of hit the highlights here because uh, we could be here all night talking about just Comic-Con. And we do want to talk big sick here. But uh, what what are what's kind of the top three stories, Brian? You would say coming out of Comic Con this year? I think it was mostly trailers because I I was on about midway through Saturday. I was I was about to tweet out like I can't remember a Comic Con that had this little important news come out of it, and it's partly because Disney did D twenty three this year, and so Marvel and Star Wars stuff came there, and some of the other. It seems like. It seems like this Comic-Con is becoming more and more like just a pub more than a place where you're going to get news and answers and things like that. And that that wasn't the case three or four or five years ago. It always seemed like this time of year we were getting crazy news coming straight from San Diego. And then about midway through Saturday, it was every hour there was a new trailer dropping and people were going crazy about it and stuff like that. So that was – I feel like that was the main focus of it. You know, all the, the DC stuff and, and – um, and the Marvel panels and all that. I think they were more than anything. I think it was just like a it was almost like a, a parade of stars and whatnot. It was just like, oh, remember this guy? This guy's in the movie now too. This girl's in the movie and that sort of thing. And so I didn't pick up just a whole whole ton of news beyond um, what we what we saw in the trailers. I think I think that was the big thing. Yeah, uh, same. 
there are some big debuts. I guess we can start. Uh, no need to bury the lead here. Ready Player One trailer's out. I know you, Brian, have been excited for this. Um, mm-hmm. Richard, I know you're excited, but probably not to the level that Brian is. I, I didn't even know about Ready Player One until we talked about it on the show, and you guys talked about the book. But uh, did this kind of – I'm actually, I'm sure it did. Did this meet your expectation on uh, – I know you're going to like the direction they're going here, but this, but was this what you had pictured when you heard that this was going to be – like did it? Did this fit what was in your mind's eye with Ready Player sure. One, or did he t- sure. have a whole new spin on this? It's going to be interesting. Um, the, the stuff – so the whole point of that book and, and the movie is that the future is, of course, not, not particularly great, and – Everybody escapes into their VR sets mm-hmm. uh, called the Oasis. And so the look of the world outside the Oasis is exactly what I imagined and what I kind of pictured. The look inside the Oasis was a little more video game than I expected, I guess. Um, it still looks really cool. I think the biggest the biggest shift for people who are big fans of the books, like of the book, like myself, is going to be there is so much in the book that is licensing sort of stuff and borrowing on, I mean, the entire book is kind of built on pop culture. And so there's going to be a lot of stuff that's in the book that has to be kind of retrofitted for what they can get the licensing for, what fits within the narrative after those changes are made and stuff like that. And so like the iron giant is a huge part of this trailer. And apparently Spielberg kind of said the iron giant plays a big part in the movie and the Iron Giant is not in the book. So it's, it's things like that where it's like I don't get – I don't tend to get hung up on that kind of thing. I understand you have to change, make changes from a book to a movie to make it work yeah. in a movie. Um, so, But I think people are, who are big fans of the book are going to have to adapt to that because it is going to change. But I, I think is Spielberg – Have we gotten an answer on if it's been? Is it what? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That would be great because then, yeah. you know, everything everything's perfect then. But uh, no, so I, I it looked it looked really cool. It basically, I mean, that's just a teaser trailer. I would say there really wasn't a whole lot. Just kind of set the tone for what to expect for anybody who hasn't read the book, and then kind of show the world. But there's a lot of character study that can be done in this, and it, that movie should be it should be so much fun. And so uh, I, I think I think I get a good taste of just the kind of the crazy. Mm-hmm. The crazy world that that the book operates in, there's really no limit to it. And um, what you know, how can you adapt that exactly to to the film? I'm I'm real interested to see how uh, how Spielberg does it. But everybody was just just talking about how great. Not that I'm surprised, and not that anyone who's actively involved in the film is gonna be like, no, Spielberg sucks. But it was uh-huh. really cool to hear uh, Zach Penn, the writer, and and some of the stars just talk about like how well he seems to understand this. Uh, this property and what he his vision for it and what he wants to do with it and stuff and so I'm I'm super stoked it looked great yeah it seems right up his alley is Freddy Krueger in the book because I saw him in the trailer no no I don't no. think he is I could be wrong that was a cool moment uh, in the trailer yeah that was really cool yeah loved it Richard did you see the trailer I did I did I liked it a lot I th- I thought you're right Brian it had that little it really kind of touches on what the only thing I would worry about it is it it dating a bit with like really uh honing in on what vr is currently with that mm-hmm, kind of sure. look of it um but no it looks awesome I, I can't wait it looks like a really fun fun ride i love aesthetically the kind of look of it um it reminded me a lot of of minority report like when yeah. spielberg does future and that movie turned out to be really prescient and i think is 
better in retrospect. So I'm excited. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, it reminded me a bit too. We talked about it a month or two ago um, of ET and the fact that the entire world is full of fog. Right? He he has that that you know just add fog to any scene to make it look just awesome on screen. And uh, I mean the the aesthetics. This is peak Spielberg. You know, in terms of his sensibilities i'm i'm just excited that he's just gonna spielberg all over the place with this one you know it's gonna yeah. just be yeah. every little signature that he has i mean we get a spielberg face in the first trailer you know it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be awesome um i'm excited to learn more about this i didn't i don't know much about ready player one but um if you guys are as confident as you are in it so am i but the trailer didn't disappoint it intrigued me the the scale of it the giant villains the you know, uh, I guess kind of Ender's Game aspect of somebody very small being in a, a hero in a huge world is cool too, to me. Um, very, very excited about that one. But uh, a trailer that I think had probably created the most buzz coming out of the weekend, at least on social media, is uh, from the looks of it, I saw on Facebook, this trailer had like 50 million plays already on Facebook. Uh, was Stranger Things Season 2. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that might be the most popular franchise right now, and it's a freaking Netflix show, you know? It's so random that we're at this place where you can have a, a Comic-Con where they're doing Star Wars and they're doing, uh, you know, Justice League and they're doing uh, the Avengers and they're doing all this, making all these announcements and ready, Steven Spielberg's there, but everyone's most stoked about a Netflix show that stars four 12-year-old kids you know it's mm-hmm. uh, sure. it's just very cool but i mean well deserved i love stranger things i'm very excited for season two but that that just surprised me that that was the main headline coming out of comic-con was like well stranger things looks good you know because mm-hmm. this time last year i don't even think it was a thought to anyone that yeah. it would be that and uh, cut to a year later that it would be this big of a deal this fast in the comic-con pantheon of stuff uh mm-hmm. did you guys see that trailer I did. Yeah, I loved it. I thought that was the best trailer of uh-huh. the, the four that, that really, or the five that really got everybody's attention. That was a perfect trailer. And I think it got, it, I think it perfectly captured the sense of what people liked about Stranger Things season one. Gives you a little taste of what to expect in season two without giving anything away. I thought using Thriller was maybe a little on the nose, but it's done so well that you, you can't, I, I didn't, I couldn't complain about it. You know, I was like, man, that's, that's awesome. That's really well done and really fun way to, uh, to kind of, I don't know, lean into what that show is all about. So I thought it was, I thought it was perfect. Yeah, I did too. And, um, again, it, 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 it tops my most anticipated list. Like I immediately wanted to watch season one again when I saw the trailer. I was like, well, guess I got to get back and watch it again. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just so much joy brought to me in, uh, in my viewing of, of the first stranger things. But I mentioned it earlier, justice league, big news, big announcements, trailer debuts, things like that. But also for Marvel's Avengers and infinity war, uh, did you guys see this leaked trailer that leaked for uh, Infinity War? Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I did. I did. You did. Um, you know, it's hard to see exactly yeah. what was going on. But uh, shot yeah. off. I haven't seen anything yet. I, I guess it was 
recorded on a T-Mobile sidekick, or at least that's what it looked like on the freaking <laughs> internet. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't even know that low quality of video even existed still. Like, that's impressive how bad that looks. Wow. What's beneath standard yeah. definition? Yeah, exactly. Um, but, I mean, can I spoil it? Or it's not officially released. I want to talk about it, but I don't want to give anything away because it's not out yet. You know, um, let's just say... I mean, it's it's obvious at this point. I don't think it's a spoiler to say that the Guardians are going to be in the Avengers eventually. I think that's that's uh, been made obvious multiple times. But uh, the trailer kind of starts out with that merger or how it, it kind of happens. And I thought it was a lot more natural than I expected it to be. And the the look that we did get at the, the Infinity War trailer is just like, man... Just how many freaking characters do this Marvel have that are just awesome and iconic and epic, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, you're seeing Black Widow, and you're seeing Black Panther, and you got Iron Man, you got Thor, and you forget about... I mean, there's a shot later in the trailer, I think even two minutes in, where you get, like, one glimpse of Captain America, and he's got, like, Mm -hmm. long hair and a full beard. And you're just like, oh, I forgot about Captain freaking America, who's been, like, (laughs) the number one guy in this series for the past three or four movies... And you got freaking Spider-Man, who's you know on top of the world right now. And then you all for, you forget about the the, the Guardians who are going to be in here. You know the the Rocket, Groot, the Star Lords, Gamora, Drax, all of them involved in this. Um, the smaller characters like Vision are in there, uh, Scarlet Witch, and then you always also forget about Ant Man and Doctor Strange, which were solid movies, and they're adding them into the fold here. Um, Mm -hmm. it just really gave me confidence. Like this is going to work and it's going to work well. And this is what it's all been leading up to. And we get our, finally our first glimpse at Thanos in action, which looks to be just as big and epic and menacing as it has. They've been leading up to and, and, uh, kind of previewing here. So finally, finally, this is all coming to, to an end. And I don't know how justice league can compete with that. I guess now I kind of do with, how big wonder woman was and is, but, um, it still feels premature. Even though we have established the character of wonder woman, uh, we still don't know the flash. We still don't know Aquaman, but yet we're getting justice league in two and a half months or whatever it is. And, uh, we're basically, I mean, this is all we're going to get until we see it. And again, there's been a rumor this week that the Batman Ben Affleck Mm -hmm. is in and out and in and out with, uh, this whole thing. So there's a lot of drama, for DC heading into con, which was not sure. Not the uh, reception they wanted. They were smart though. They really, I mean, that looks base. It looks like wonder woman too. If you watch the trailer, cause they know I now seen, I haven't seen the trailer. Actually. I did not watch okay. that one yet. The trailer opens ends and middles with wonder woman, which I'm mm. not arguing with cause that's the best thing they have going. Yeah. Uh, but they're definitely yeah. kind of remarketing this. Mm. She is much more of a leader than uh, Bruce Wayne by the trailer. Mm. Yeah, that's why I said they're going to spin this to Wonder Woman as much as they freaking possibly can, I'm sure, which mm-hmm. is smart. Yeah, it's smart. It is smart because in the words of Dwight Schrute, you put the money beats up front. But the I think I think that part, everything with Wonder Woman looks good. I'm excited for you to watch it, Kent, because as the the first it's a long trailer for one. It's like four minutes long. And the first minute, minute and a half, I was like, okay, this is, you know, I'm still, I'm not excited, but it doesn't look like an abomination like that, like the first one did with Godsmack. 
uh, in the back, even though you can still hear it come together going that, that drives the, uh, that drives the trailer. But the longer the trailer goes on, the more it just seeps into the same stuff, Aquaman and Bruce. And I hate what they're doing with, I hate what they're doing with flash because the whole point of casting somebody else, who's not, uh, the guy from Grant Gustin, the guy from the the successful TV show, is that well, he doesn't really play in this dark universe, so we got we got to darken it up. And then Ezra Miller is basically doing an impression of that version of Flash. So I don't understand the I don't know I don't understand why we got to do that. The wash is still super dark and and gray, even when it's red on screen, it's still washed and gray. I just don't I I don't know I don't get it I don't understand the aesthetic. And I think the effects look terrible still. I yeah. think all those battle sequences when they're fighting against Steppenwolf and and all of his cronies just looks it just looks horrendous. I just and, I don't know, man. Then they have a big giveaway at the end for for no yeah. reason. Yeah. What is yeah. um? What's the soundtrack you knew it of happen. the trailer? Like, uh, is it come like together? A, is it it's really still come together? together yeah, man. it is. No, no, no vocals. Just the instrument. I mean, the first beat. The first uh, dun, dun. second, yeah, of the of the of the video is like do 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 do. Yeah, just like okay, here we go. It's because 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 the, the Beatles the Beatles version definitely needed to be modified, right? If you well, wanna... that and if you are going to modify it, I, I can't think of a better and more <laughs> timely band in 2017 than Godsmack, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe uh, Smash, yeah. but. <laughs> If that really is Godsmack, I'm going to be floored. They're saving that for the next Superman movie. (laughs) He's going to come out of the crypt. I can't can't believe that that they would actually put Godsmack in a trailer in 2017 if that is indeed the case. That would be hilarious. I'm not kidding. In 2007, it would be like, oh, my gosh, this is dated. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember when the Navy did a commercial with Godsmack around that era, and we were like, "Oh, come on, Navy, get it together." Yeah, no, I don't want my tax dollars going to Godsmack <laughs> music rights. Yeah, it's so I don't know. There was more positivity on the internet for this one than there was for the previous one, but I it's definitely I better. It's but it's better. way too big. It's yeah. way too long. I mean, it's it's four minutes. Yeah, uh, it's just it's very thirsty, but. Mm. But, you know, Joss gets in there and maybe edits it around Wonder Woman. We might get something passable. I, I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't think I'd be shocked this was a 72. I mean, pardon me, like a 92, like Wonder Woman on Rotten Tomatoes. I might also be a little bit shocked if it's like a seven. I feel like it's going to be like a 38 to 50 mm. score. Yeah. How, how much uh, white stripes did this thing have in it this time? No, and thank None? God. Oh, good. Keep, keep Jack away from this. Richard's, yeah. Richard's uh, <laughs> safe for this one. <laughs> so that, that hurt you a little bit, but um, yeah, I I still think Avengers is more more excited for it. Um, I'm gonna be. So what does this do? I mean, I think people are gonna be equally excited for Wonder Woman two with Patty Jenkins returning and Gal Gadot returning and all that. But what does this do for them if this is a catastrophe? You know how how much of a step back do they really take with this? I think a pretty significant step back if you have a movie as big and successful as Wonder Woman and then you know the next thing Wonder mm-hmm. Woman is in is a is an abomination that yeah. that can I don't yeah. I don't know what to think Yeah it's it's not great because you're going from this to I believe Aquaman is next they still have the Flash on their slate even though they don't I mean they literally don't they can't keep a director so I don't know how that's going to play 
it seems like Affleck's going to leave Batman, which I like Matt Reeves, but that just seems that seems like a toxic relationship at this point, and neither one wants to get out of it. And so I just think we're not getting Wonder Woman 2 until December of 2019. I think we're going to get Suicide Squad 2 sometime between now and then as well. Yeah, that's a 2019 slate at this point, so I don't know where exactly, but I just... This is why I've tried to... I I don't know. I've tempered my enthusiasm for anything DC-related just because of, like, oh, well, they got it right with Wonder Woman. I'm like, but they have the next three or four movies sound terrible. So I, I don't... I'm not super optimistic that that's going to... It takes time for one... It takes time to learn the... Or to, like, put into place what worked with Wonder Woman to play out over the, the rest of your universe, which is partly why this has been such a disaster is because they couldn't, they couldn't get the the first one right or the second one right or the third one right. Yeah. And so now they're kind of locked into this and, or at least they, they seem to be willing to be locked into it. And I don't know, I'm not, I think we're, I think we're looking at three or four, there are three or four movies on the slate. I'll say this. There are at least the next three movies I'm not excited about between here and wonder woman two, And that doesn't do much to help that, that the successful, the successful part of the franchise or the universe to, uh, to grow and to, you know, to be in a good place moving forward. Yeah. Any other trailers, any other big news coming out of con? The only other trailer that I saw, I didn't watch Westworld cause I am currently watching Westworld se- season one. And I didn't want to, spoil anything but thor regonk got a new trailer that looked really good too so that mm-hmm. was that was good a, lo- a lot more <laughs> a lot more thor and and hulk and a little bit of bruce banner you get real looks at at kate blanchett's character and what she's doing and she looks awesome so i think that's i'm i'm on the rise with that one as far as my anticipation level goes not to give anything away about the Avengers trailer, but I really want to because there's one detail of the the first of the Avengers trailer that's like that brings this all kind of together. But it's just funny about Thor Gonk is it's like how do we merge this with the Guardians? Just throw some neon, you know, uh, some neon text there and give it a pop soundtrack. You know, it's amazing how well that works. You know, to kind of <laughs> to give it that feeling. That's really all you have to do is kind of do it in the same style um as as guardians and for this to work you know it, it's going to make even make thor the dark world feel even more out of place i feel like it's a, yeah. uh, that's my yeah. thing with marvel is uh, i don't think we talked about the black panther trailer a couple of months ago when that came out that's a really good trailer mm-hmm. and everyone's excited for that but i mean just let me know when they have a bad trailer that's that's when yeah. that's when it'll be news is when there's a really really bad trailer from Marvel. I mean, it's just it's just more of the same. They're like Pixar at this point. They're batting ninety five percent on almost everything they do, or you know, uh, they're they're hitting solid triples with everything, if not home runs, and uh, it's just more of the same from them. So, I guess uh, coming out of con, that's kind of still the feeling. Other than we all really want to see Stranger Things <laughs> again. Sure. Cool. Well, this has been good to talk about. We will definitely have more Comic-Con related news as it comes out and uh, trailer news and, and all that good stuff. We love we love covering that. So let's move on, guys. Let's uh, talk to Big Sick. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. 
you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron, blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So this is a movie, like I said, off the top that we've been meaning to get to for a while. We apologize for the late uh, response to that, but here we are. Uh, talking to Big Sick. Um, I love these kinds of movies, these simple kinds of movies. I think I've made that mm-hmm. clear on the show. Um, I've talked about Judd Apatow in the past couple of weeks and months, just kind of inadvertently, uh, not even thinking about this movie. Um, but this is more of the same from kind of, uh, you know, something he would produce. He really does only attach his name to stuff. If it uh, kind of fits his sensibilities, this definitely does. Uh, this movie does, is just very genuine. It's very sweet. It's very kind. Um, this reminds me of speaking of Judd Apatow or Apatow or what, however you want to say it. This is this to me felt like a less depressing, more entertaining, funny people. That's not four and a half hours long because it kind of has that same <laughs> that same premise of real life stand up comedians uh, telling jokes, but then also dealing with a serious situation a serious illness and kind of how do those worlds cross over because obviously comedians deal with things just like everybody else but uh, apparently this is based on a true story and all that and again very very genuine for Kumail to do this movie and uh, it, it feels definitely like a passion project for him but but good for him I've really enjoyed his work for a long time I think he's a, he's a very funny stand-up, a great Twitter follow. He's really good on Silicon Valley, and it's good to see good people 
uh, have success. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a movie that does um, kind of relationships as, as good as this one uh, does them yeah. in the past couple of years. I think for me, um, I think the closest comparison I can make to that is I think Master of None did a lot of this mm-hmm. type of stuff very very well and it's and it's in season two on netflix uh that to me is probably the pinnacle of this kind of thing um even judd apatow show uh love on netflix does this relationship girl and guy dating thing very very well and i just love that i don't know why i'm not a sucker for for rom-coms or anything like that but i just love relationships in a judd apatow movie in Trainwreck, i loved Hater and Schumer, you know, and Knocked Up. I love Katherine Heigl and Seth Rogen. I just love his dynamic between men and women and the way they talk, and it seems real. And you actually believe the chemistry that they have, the things that they have in common, the things that they joke about, the things that they argue about. You always feel like this is a real couple or a real situation, and uh, I just love that about this movie. I think there's some stuff in TV maybe that's been – like I said, Master of None, that's probably been done more to my liking, but I really think this is a solid effort, and uh, it's going to be hard to criticize this movie but because it was just so genuine and sweet and funny and um, just made me smile and cry and, and all of that. It's just It was just really, really, really solid. Um, so you guys are the ones who suggested this. So mm-hmm. who saw it first? Richard, maybe? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it pretty early. Um, just kind of. I'm always looking for kind of date night movies. Uh, not always. That's a lie. That's not true at all. <laughs> um, I happen to find a date night movie uh, because I actually hate going to movies on dates because I have to go. Um, first off, I'm dating so many people. It's hard to keep <laughs> up. I don't like seeing everything seven times. No, I Sarah and I don't really like to go to movies because uh, I just see a movie a week for this. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but but this kind of fit the bill, and there's a uh, little kind of art house theater right down the street from me. I'm very lucky that way, and uh, I felt like watching. In the summer, I do always try to find – it's like the only time I see movies totally for fun is I do get kind of bogged down with um, kind of explosion fever, and I like to find things like this or um, The Way, Way Back mm-hmm. or things like – you know, that are, that are not, not – they're not like super indie movies or anything like boyhood that, but something. something that's a little, yeah, I know boyhood's more like Oscar baby, but something that's just kind of quiet and funny and interesting in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not really out for anything. This isn't a movie that's trying to win awards. I don't think, or they would have released it in December. It's just like, why don't you come in here? It's air conditioned and you can laugh a little bit and feel good about life and nothing will explode. And well, you can leave in two hours, and it's like, oh yes, that sounds like a great idea. So uh, this was that. So I saw it. I saw it. I think it's first weekend here in Dallas, like a month or so ago, and loved it. Um, you know, Apatow is is. I know he didn't direct this, but he produced it, and and it's a. Uh, it, it like you said, Ken definitely bears his mark, but mostly in the. Gosh, you know, if he didn't, if he had directed this, it would probably be three and a half hours long because there's a lot mm-hmm. of meat here, but it's edited really well. It's concise. It has some great performances. The actors really are allowed to breathe. The actors are funny. The actors are good. Ray Romano's great in this. Yeah. Uh, uh, and 
and the uh, oh gosh, who plays the the lead girl? It's Paul Zoe. Dano's. Zoe, Zoe yeah. Kazan. Mm-hmm. Paul Dano's. I'm convinced she's got to be crazy, right? I mean, because we have this theory that Paul Dano's secretly just like all his characters. Uh, I'm sure he's a lovely human, uh, but uh, she she's such a perfect um, leading lady for for a for a comic. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I love this. It's, but this could not be more up my alley. It's it's kind of a sappy romantic film with comedians talking mm-hmm. funny. I mean, that's that's about up my alley as as one gets. I uh I really like the supporting cast here. They kind of the people that they put around Kumail or that Kumail put around himself uh are just awesome. Aidy Bryant is great. Uh and you, I never really would have pictured her in a in a movie, you know, but um and much like Vanessa Bayer in Trainwreck, I think she really plays the role well. Um and it's funny seeing her do stand up and her character's bit is kind of doing the same thing every time it's good with the like the poster boards or whatever she had it was good uh bo burnham has a lot of great one-liners in here somebody else you don't think about in movies a lot but i think he can make that transition whoever the i think his name is chris in the movie but like kumail's roommate guy was yeah. was so funny i don't know yeah his kurt name. brown kurt brown oler kurt kurt brown oler okay yeah. uh he was he was very very funny and i like how kumail used his real name and real occupation and this is obviously mm-hmm. autobiographical to a sense but um it just made it feel that much more authentic you know i don't know if kumail is actually a uber driver but that uh that was a funny aspect of this too and the kind of the dynamic they use there but i mean very genuine i used that word earlier but th- just the, the way they go about the arranged marriage thing and uh his family life and you know wanting to branch out on his own but also please his parents i mean that's very relatable for most people and mm. i i in much like uh the, the thanksgiving episode of of master of none it really does it tackles a tough social issue with you know people of muslim or indian descent or pakistani descent living in america and that kind of dynamic in 2017. I don't think there's been, I mean, there have certainly been movies from the American perspective on that, but Mm -hmm. definitely not from Mm -hmm. their perspective and how it really is to be like that. And that scene where they're sitting in the fast food restaurant or they're eating or something, he's eating with his dad and saying, sorry, we hate terrorists, you know, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) the, how do you feel about nine 11 thing? And he's like, I was totally against nine (laughs) 11, you know, all that. Um, it's kind of like awkward, it, you know, very tense, but it's so on the money and kind of how things really are, you know, and, um, I love the kind of political social commentary aspect of this, which I didn't expect from this. I expected this to be a fun, charming movie about a, you know, a guy and a girl that like each other and they struggle in their relationship. And then, then you call it a day. I didn't expect that part. And I definitely didn't, I mean, I, I expected it, but, uh, the, the whole aspect of her being sick and everything. I mean, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's kind of a shock, you know, uh, they're having such a great time together and they're falling in love and, you know, they met at a bar or whatever. And it's just very circumstantial the way that, that everything worked out. And then boom, that happens with her. And, uh, I don't know who wants, who made it famous, but man, life comes at you fast. Right. And this movie 
really, really showed that. How did you guys mm-hmm. feel about they win about the actual sickness part of this? Yeah, it's interesting because this is, you know, it's kind of billed as a romantic comedy because we don't really get romantic comedies anymore. And so that was that's why I went to see it, which is kind of the same thing. I was like, I'm just looking for a movie that Lindsay and I can see together that's not involving an ape or, um, you know, exploding cars or something like that. And so we don't really get this kind of movie very often. And so you think... I guess I thought I knew. I really, I didn't even see a trailer for this movie going in. I just knew. I knew the cast. I knew kind of the backstory of uh, of Kamel and and uh, and Emily Gordon's story. And like, I knew people were suggested were recommending it to us and stuff. So I was like, I'll just go. I didn't see the trailer, so I don't even know if if that aspect of it is in the trailer or not. But it kind of comes out of nowhere. And then you, at least for me, I was like, I imagine that this will be like a part of the story of how they get together. But turns out it's pretty much the whole movie or at least two thirds of the movie is her being in a coma. And, um, I'm, I'm kind of blown away by the way, um, they are able to create this chemistry or this connection, I guess is more, more apt a connection between the two leads when they really aren't even sharing screen time. Like it's a really cool, kind of fascinating way to build relationships on screen is to almost to look at the main relationship through the lens of how he relates to other people around him and uh and then how they relate to her and whatnot like all the stuff him playing off of ray romano and holly hunter is i mean is you know are the best parts of the movie i mean he's he he's very good in his role and he does a great camille he does a great job of just kind of setting the table for um i you know more experienced actors i guess to to come through with these really impactful and um and funny and at times gut-wrenching performances you know ray romano's great he's great 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 and he he never gets credit for it because Everybody loves Raymond as kind of a, you know, kind of tired shtick in a way, and and people don't seem to recognize how good he can be outside of that. But he he has Raymond the pause a, down. It's a really executed. Oh yeah, well totally. sitcom for what it is, yeah. right? We're 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 big fans. Of I, what, I, I yeah, I'm a fan of Everybody Loves Raymond. I thought I, I thought it was fine. I do too. Honestly, I just I think Ray, I think Everybody Loves Raymond. You can't is break kind of out of that. Yeah. Yeah. People yeah. People group it in with other. Right. CBS sitcoms like right. King of exactly. Queens and stuff, but it's much, much better than those. Much better mm-hmm. than that. And so seeing him be able to, Richard, you said like all the actors are kind of given room to breathe, and I love that. I love when that can take place on screen because we just, we just don't see it very often. And so he uses the pause so well, both to comedic effect and dramatic effect, um, and I, I'm a big fan of that. And Holly Hunter, Holly Hunter's had an interesting career. She... <laughs> She has this persona that's so obnoxious and annoying, and I don't know if she's like that in real life or not. I just it's what almost always comes across on screen, and every once in a while, um, she finds a role that fits that perfectly. And she broadcast news and and raising Arizona, and I'm sure others along the line. But this was um, she's great. Yeah, 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 that's true. I forgot about hatefully. She does it really well in in spurts and. She's, I, I guess, what I'm saying. Holly Hunter's never somebody that I'm going to be super excited about seeing in a movie, and then she gets into this, and it's, it's otherworldly. She's so, so good in that role, and I'm, I was, 
I was not prepared to be as excited about Holly Hunter in a, in a performance that she brings to the screen as I, you know, as I was ultimately coming out of this movie. I thought she was fantastic. To me, she was the best part of the movie, or at least the, the best performance um, of the movie. But I, I thought it was so cool the way, um, what's the director's name? Uh, Mac, Mac, Michael Showalter. And then, you know, the writing and whatnot can bring um, these two people can show, can illustrate that connection through his relationship with her parents and the way he talks about her to his friends and um, how all that plays off of each other. That's just really, to me, that's kind of, that's next level writing. And that's really, really interesting and, and well-designed. And I would not have, um, I don't know. I, I, I felt like that was something that was worth taking note of very early on. I was like, man, this is really powerful the way that they're, able to uh to bring this all together even at the time not knowing like this is really going to be the majority of the film is her in a coma and and him kind of trying to figure out how to act around that it's really interesting yeah man there's one moment at the very towards the beginning and we mentioned the ensemble cast but (laughs) when dad comes out of the bathroom (laughs) done coke it's it's so funny it's like (laughs) freaking dag you know it's like was he just doing coke (laughs) he's like i don't i don't think so it's just so random and uh uh you know always great to see dag but that was just like a very jarring moment like you never thought you'd see dag in that uh situation but that was funny also (laughs) the roommate when when kumail brings um brings a girl home Mm -hmm. uh after meeting her and he's like good for him good for him and then he's just like siri text andrea you up <laughs> and like he's like uh playing with that whole i mean that that guy played the comic relief in a comedy oddly but kind of the the uh the sidekick weird roommate guy mm-hmm. very well um reminded me of what his name ike Barinholtz in uh neighbors remember it's like man yeah. this is a comedy but that guy that guy stole stole the uh Stole the show for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I said all about autobiographical because um, they even used Kumail's, Kumail's obsession with the X Files uh, in this too. In there, he's got a podcast, The X Files Files, I believe, and where he talks about the X Files. So that was one more little bit of reality that I I was a fan of his for that. So I'm cool. I'm glad to see them work that into the movie. Um, also. How relationships start out so fast and everybody is so into it at the beginning and you can just kind of ride this wave of the excitement of meeting somebody new. But then how fast it can all come kind of crashing down that moment where she finds the box of photos of people that his parents wanted him to meet um, is a big moment and it's done very well in the movie in terms of, uh, you know, them kind of going at each other. And, uh, I mean, I really believe that they were a real couple. I mean, their chemistry Mm -hmm. was as good as you could want. I mean, that's probably the only requirement for this was for them to to have good chemistry because otherwise none of this works if that doesn't work. But I thought that they definitely had real on-screen chemistry, and um, I'm sure he knew what he was looking for because Emily was Mm -hmm. uh, obviously his real deal girlfriend and all that so that that definitely uh that worked for me (laughs) the other bit of people say sam 
I thought that was hilarious too. Yeah. Where Bo Burnham's like, you could end up like Sam and just do people say Sam for the next <laughs> since two thousand three or whatever. Uh that was fun too. Um what did you guys think about um most of this and the fact that what, what what was the main story to you? Was it Kumail with his parents, was it Kumail and Emily, or was it Kumail and Emily's parents? There's kind of three separate mm-hmm. um focus points of the movie or or stories that they're, they're trying to tell i really liked kumail and emily's parents and i mean it's never really even mentioned by them at all that they're interracial you know and i think that's really a really cool thing to show is that you know for a lot of people you know people have issues with interracial couples but they, that was never even a thought with them you know and uh, mm-hmm. i'm just glad to see that we're progressing to that point because Again, uh, they seemed like a very believable couple that was actually in love, and her parents were very nice and all that, and loved Kumail, and were kind of on his side through this whole thing. She didn't want him back, but he wanted to be with her, and they kind of backed him up because they knew how supportive he had been while she was going through this medical situation and everything. Um, I just really liked their dynamic of, and you you said it uh, before, but the dynamic of him uh, and the parents was good. Mm-hmm. Um, what else you guys got on this? What what's what made you want to do an episode on on this movie other than uh, funny, charming, well received by critics? Is, is it? It's as, just the kind of movie that it's rare, and I'm glad it's yeah. doing well, and I want to get other people to see it as well because it's done well financially mm-hmm. um, for, for a summer release. I wish there would be more of these kind of um, yeah, uh, this type of fair. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have to when these go out, we have to all go see them, so that uh, they'll yeah. keep making them. And we had some requests for it, and and were, people were were very upset we hadn't uh, seen it. People have to understand too. One thing we talked about this before, but not in a while. Um, you know, we Dallas is like Dallas Fort Worth is like the last area to get these movies because they start uh, east and west coast and kind of work their way to the center of the country. These smaller releases. Uh, so whenever you're mad that we don't have it, just know that like even even you know Raleigh, North Carolina, they'll often get it first because it's geographically east. Yeah. And so uh, so if it's, with these kind of movies, if we take a few weeks to get to them, it's because we cannot go see them for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's literally yeah, impossible. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Richard's exactly right. Like it's fun. It's just nice to get this kind of movie. I I thought of. You mentioned the way way back earlier, Richard, and that's exactly what I thought of watching this movie. It's just like I love summer movies and the blockbusters and explosions and all that stuff, but man, by the time I get to mid July, I'm just I'm just dying for something a little bit different and a little quieter and a little uh, maybe a little more subtle and just something that um, doesn't need to uh, need to have a you know a two hundred million dollar budget and whatnot. And so finding those kinds of movies. I feel like it's getting rarer and rarer to get a movie like this that has neither explosions nor like really ambitious Oscar pull and stuff like this could get I I think this has a chance at at getting um, some kind of Oscar buzz and awards sort of stuff when that when that time comes but it's. Uh, it could, it could. I think script it deserves maybe, it. Like yeah. But no, nah, dude, it's gonna be such a loaded year. I'm, I'm sure. You. I'm sure. It, it could. I think it could, it could potentially. It could be one of those movies where like it's in the running or whatever. But it doesn't really matter. That's not what it's going for. You know, this isn't the type of movie that's out there gunning for 
Hasbro Wars. And so it's man, it's just nice to, to That's nice too. I mean, as much as we crap on uh popcorn explosion movies, it is nice for a movie to take itself seriously, be good and not say and not made with the intent of please reward me with with trophies. Please please yeah. and and just be have its own validation just be the fact that it's good. Isn't that a nice mm-hmm. idea? Yeah. It, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. You, you mentioned too, Kent, like the the Apatow factor is big too. I Apatow directing is hit or miss for me. Apatow's um, eye for a good story and a talent and a character is is really really strong. And this is to me, this is like the perfect use for him of like this is the story we want to bring to the screen. I'm gonna help you get there. Or we'll figure out. I'm whatever work he did behind the scenes to make. I feel like you can feel his influence on the movie and it still without it being seven and a half hours long and stuff, which mm-hmm. is very beneficial as well. Yeah. If you've never, if you like this dynamic of the, the couple and kind of the bickering and getting, you know, breaking up and getting back together and then breaking up and then getting back together and you haven't seen love on Netflix. I mean, it's the, it's the exact same kind of dynamic It'll spread over about two seasons of TV. So I was, I was really pleased to see that that kind of, uh, relationship was was put on the big screen but it's an interesting kind of release strategy by amazon because they they swooped in after sundance and there was a little bit of a bidding war for this movie they ended up buying the rights to distribute the the big sick and amazon studios could have just bought this and put it on amazon prime immediately you know and Said, yeah, we got this great little Ray Romano, Camille Nanjiani movie. Yeah, go see it, you know, and put it on there. And it probably would have done well. You know, people talk about it on Twitter or whatever. But it's to to put it in theaters and have it do well and in limited release and then have it get and work its way up to wide release and then be well-received and wide release and mm-hmm. kind of have this press tour surrounding it and all that. It really gives Amazon Studios a lot of credibility in the cinema universe, cause they already have credibility yep. in the television series stuff and obviously their business model and everything. But this is kind of mm-hmm. a game changer as far as I think, you know, these, these conglomerate studios, the Hulu and the Netflixes of the world, like putting something like this on a big screen and, and doing all this, this is mm-hmm. a new, it's a new era in kind of the way movies are made, sold and distributed. I really yeah. was interested in that. Yeah, and it's smart of them to on two fronts to build from the success of Manchester by the Sea. That was a mm-hmm. huge, yeah. huge hit for them. I think it's really smart for them to put this out when they did because I think there's a lot of people like us who um, maybe we really like the the blockbuster type movies, but you just want something different. And I think if you put this out in it's October lost. or November, it totally gets lost and gets covered up by all the other movies that are headed our way soon. And so not to say that it's not going to be just as good or better than a lot of those films. It's just, um, that's kind of what happens. You have to, it, you know, that's a, it's a difficult climate for this sort of movie um, to get the right kind of press and get buzz. I think putting it out now gets it. That's a, a very shrewd maneuver by by Amazon to to get out ahead of the the films that are going to be kind of similar to this or grouped with this in terms of uh, of scope and 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 scale and whatnot. And I, I think that's yeah, an audience pool. So that's that's a really smart choice. I agree. Turns it's... out Amazon knows what they're doing. It's weird. I don't know. <laughs> Man, they just they're taking over. It's really kind of weird. 
how they've kind of like uh, done what Google and Apple have done, but in a totally different way. Like their their Alexa thing is like ten times bigger than Siri ever was, and they started from scratch pretty much with that thing. I know Apple bought Siri was an actual company that Apple had bought and bought Siri the technology for for Amazon to develop that technology. And to do it as successfully as they've done with the Echo and all that is impressive. And not to mention all the original programming they're doing. Apple's and Google aren't even dabbling in that at all, you know, to near to the extent that Netflix and Hulu and, and Amazon mm-hmm. are. So, wow. Mad about tech coming soon on uh, the VIP <laughs> feed. We need to talk about that. It's always always a good conversation. But really enjoyed the big sick. I don't know. I don't think it'll be... Around later in the year, I hope so. But it, again, it's it's a very charming movie, and and it's one that when it does get on Amazon Prime, um, I th- believe Kumail said it's in September when it'll be available on demand and all that stuff. So um, I'm looking forward to watching this one again. There were some very funny jokes in it. Um, yeah, the, the moment where he had to open up her phone with the Touch ID <laughs> while she was in a coma. <laughs> was funny um also i'm i think it's a a bit from his actual stand-up but where he said he was going to name his kid void so that every time he writes a check there's an issue (laughs) like i don't know if i should cash this it definitely says void right here on the signature uh that was good too but i mean just some funny bits some funny stand-up comedy a genuine story a genuine relationship and um always that parent kid dynamic working as well so Win, 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 win on all those categories for me. And um, well-directed, well-shot, well-acted. And Kumail turning some heads, man. Never would have thought he could lead a movie like this. Because he's great in an ensemble cast. You know, Silicon Valley, he's like the fifth lead or whatever. Dinesh is becoming a bigger character just because Kumail is becoming a bigger celebrity and a bigger name. But he's definitely not the lead in that show. And uh, But I think this might change things for them and for his career. He really, really impressed me with how he could, uh, how he could lead a, a uh, motion picture. So I'm going to grade the big sick out at an A really, really enjoyed this. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, it's an A for me as well. I've very rarely seen a movie, uh, drama comedy, whatever that gets relationships, right? Like this one does, whether it's not just the, not just the you know the the spousal relationship or the dating relationship, but also you know the the child and parent relationships and the cultural relationships, um, friend relationships, all that stuff. Like it's it's very authentic, I think, to um, what life is really, <laughs> what life is really like in all of these uh, these different settings and situations and stuff. And I was That's weird. I'm, you would want art or comedy to reflect that, Brian. <laughs> I know, I know. Call me old fashioned. Uh, or new fashioned, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I thought that was, I was super impressed by the way that uh, that they were able to pull that off. And I'm, I'll be, you guys are probably both right. I don't know that this is gonna get any award attention, but I'll be, I'll be pulling for it, for at least for script and and for for Holly Hunter come uh, come award season. Richard, how about you, man? Yeah, I'm gonna go A as well. Yeah, I could see Holly Hunter perhaps getting a nomination because supporting actors isn't always the right. strongest category. Uh, but I think we're going to have, I think we're in for just a bloodbath of an Oscar season. I think, Hey, these, these sevens, man, the year of the seven are always, uh, twos and sevens are the years to look out for in Hollywood. So, so I think it's going to be a, uh, just a 
an awesome rest of the year. And if this is the kind of stuff that's being released in July, then, then we're in for some good stuff later on. But mm-hmm. I'm going to go A as well. Awesome. Well, The Big Sick is playing in my release now. Hopefully it's on demand sooner rather than later so that everybody can see it. No weekly recommend right now. We did them there earlier this week, hence the phrase weekly recommend because we did them once <laughs> a week. So check out our episode on Dunkirk if you want our weekly recommends. But until next week, Brian, where can we find you online? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, all that good stuff at Richard Bardner, the Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Kent, where can I find you? Online, kentgarrison.com, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at Kent Garrison as well. Subscribe on iTunes. Leave us five stars if you like what you hear. That helps grow the show. Definitely continue the conversation online at Mad About Movies on Twitter, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Feel free to email, comment, all that good stuff. And uh, join the VIP club for more bonus episodes and content as well. But until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Goodbye. 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 Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya Silence is rambling. They're calling again. <laughs> <laughs>